Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Alchemy Answers episode 32 with uh, Sir Andrew Jenkins and myself, the Honorable... Uh... I'm not Honorable. Anyway, that was a terrible intro. Maybe. Let's get into the questions. Okay. There's lots of discussion here. Is this where we ask the questions, says King of Hell? Yes. Nice. Good answer. He says, okay, so I was playing position four. We got a tri-lane against us and lost. And when we're losing against a tri-lane, should I go help on easy lane or do something else? <clears throat> so I'm assuming you're dual-laning against a tri-lane. Yeah, that's what it sounds um, like. Hey, cut the second wave. Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, creep cutting is almost always the play as a tri-lane versus, or as a dual-lane versus a tri-lane. In fact... I would argue that that's the reason people don't try lane safe lane very often is because of that, because of creep cutting. It's so easy least, to counter. It's so easy it's to counter. So, it's so easy. At the very least, what people do if they do try lane the safe lane is they'll try lane for like two minutes and then they'll rotate something like they'll, they'll rotate somewhere else. Lanes are not static yeah. in, high, in high level Dota anymore. Not at all. And they so, shouldn't be. No lane should be static. Like you should always be looking for the opportunity to get to a better position and a better laning setup. And so it's like, if the laning setup is not favorable, then you should do something that completely shakes it up. And whether that's going to another lane, or pulling the creep wave, or literally just like not even being in the lane, <laughs> that might even be better than sitting there and being denied or or forced out of the lane or harass. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it sounds like you probably weren't creep cutting they were killing you as soon as you left the tower just creep cut at the tier three if you have to if you're ever dying creep cutting and you're doing it correctly it'll be good for you to die so uh soul says gank another lane let your offlaner get solo xp i think you can creep cut first then do that if you want but yeah you, you never want to like statically sit in lanes and lose you just want to look for whatever the best option is you, you just need to know the options like you can you can go pull, you can go gank your safe lane, you can gank mid, you can get runes, you can uh, go cut the creeps, you can, like, there's there's a lot of options, and chances are you you had a lot of them available to you, and if you don't, then you're probably just going to lose that game anyway, so. Uh, and you may as well try it. So, Loeval says, is, is a river pole cutting the second wave? Would you have a link to that video? I'm struggling to cheese the offlane by cut cutting the second wave as dire. Is it even possible to go between the tier one and tier two as dire? Uh, or should you go in front of the tier one? Okay, so... Uh, so we're a lot talking people, about the offlane here? Yes, yeah. A lot of people drag it in front of the tier one on dire, but I have seen recently, like in the major, people will drag it in front of the tier three. Uh, the only problem so with that is... That, yeah, that takes a long time, and it, it, it usually takes, like, you'll be missing two waves... So that's why I would usually like for a support to do that as opposed to an offlaner because, yeah. uh, and, th and then leave the offlaner in the lane because then a support will chase and the offlaner could just sit and get last hits in the lane. Um, but but that, that still breaks the lanes to do that. That's why, that's why I saw like a Tusk do it or something in the major and he just got an easy level two by, by doing that. And then of course the supports chased him and as a result of that, his, his core was able to lane but if you're a core doing that you would probably pull it in front of the tier one because you don't want to miss that much uh experience yeah you don't want to miss two waves here's one to think about though um this happened to me the other day i was playing support in the safe lane uh so i was playing five but it applies to being a four as well is if you have one if you have the core 
in the lane, the, the enemy core in the lane, or two supports. Actually, if you have any hero chasing you away from the laning stage, like chasing you, pulling the creep wave, it's good. good. You're winning the lane. It's, it's, it's that simple. Yeah, I love when that happens. So I'm, I, I always... It's like there's there's actually if you think about it right the whole reason that the supports in the lane is to like basically soak up damage and trade harass to allow your or to get free last hits and so if they're chasing you and you're just running them out of the lane you're doing a better job than you if you were in the lane getting them free last hits. Yep, agreed. ZTOQ says Jenkins, you have some competitive experience if you'd call it that. Uh, how to keep a good spirit in team how to give good feedback correctly and overcome losses that's a that's a relatively complicated thing to answer i would say it depends on the team the team environment i know there are some teams that they'll watch like youtube videos together they they party queue um <clears throat> it really depends on the team there's a balance of being serious in games but also having fun with it and and allowing yourself to be excited and but you also can't get over excited but you don't want it to be like boring and dry and you don't want games to go silent when you're losing because that just makes it so much worse <sighs> man yeah those are the those are the worst and it always happens like it happens in pubs too people will be like super positive within the first five to ten minutes and then you notice that literally nobody said a word for the last 10 minutes you look at the net worth you look at your score it's just like i guess i guess it's bad I guess I would say that there are certain people that you can get on your team that are just like a beacon for positivity and making things fun. And if you have too many of those people, it's complete chaos. But if you have too few of those people, the team will disband in like a week. So you basically just need to make sure that your team dynamic is good. And in terms of actually de developing that as a personality trait and having that that's where it gets like more complicated i can't I, I couldn't answer that question but i would say that for for me personally i've i've usually been that person to some degree is like keeping things like lighthearted. but I, i'm also somebody like if there's an extra person on the team or two people that are also uh keeping it like lighthearted and stuff is it uh, like it will go too far and it'll be just complete chaos and fucking around and, mess and messing around and that that's really bad that's why i'm like i'm i'm careful answering this question just because i've seen i've seen it go both ways it can be really bad or really good yeah um, i mean i played team sports for my whole life and i think that there's um there's a couple of really important things when it comes to team building and the first is that everybody especially since your your question was about how to communicate like feedback basically and talk about difficult games or kind of like develop a team environment and that's never going to happen if the people don't feel uh safe in the environment and that's that's one of the reasons why it's like really difficult to develop that in a pub game is because nobody knows each other you have absolutely no baseline for interacting and so you like form a, a opinion about somebody within the first like 15 or 20 seconds of the game and then everything that you view all of their words even like somebody could literally make a very standard normal call um, but if you have a bad opinion of them because you just like formed that snap judgment before the game started, then everything they say is going to be negative, even if it wasn't meant to be negative. So if you're developing a team environment, you need to basically just like get to know the people that you're playing with. 
at some level. You need to have some context for the things that they're saying, the things that you're saying, and make sure that you have like a baseline of communication. And that can be developed through team activities, hanging out, just generally talking about stuff outside of Dota. Um, and I mean, I know from my personal experience, my uh, my college baseball team, the year that I started playing, we had this like really toxic coach. Our head coach was like very toxic person. And he would just like scream at us every single time we lost and just tell us how shit we were at the game. And like, it was, it was fucked. And then my, my second year, we basically as a team, you know, there was no like meeting where this happened, but we basically as a team decided that we were going to say, fuck the coaches and just like kind of ran the team ourselves, like self-disciplined, held each other accountable, went out and like partied every weekend together at the bars and like played darts and just became really good friends. We went from being last place in our division to first place. And it was literally just on the back of having a much better like working environment between the players on the team. And it was because we spent more time together getting to know each other instead of like just going at it um, with a sort of attitude of, Hey, I need to show up all of my teammates to prove that I'm the best player on this team. Um, and when once that went away, once it was just like, hey, I'm with a bunch of friends and we happen to be playing baseball, everything got a lot better. I think when it comes to fee- feedback, uh, trust is really important. Yeah. Like trusting that the person is not is not out to get you. I mean, it goes both ways. Like you should not be pissed off that you lost. So you're just being overly rude to somebody <laughs> and and playing it off as just giving feedback like if you're being a fucking asshole you're being an asshole but um if somebody's genuinely giving you criticism then you just need to trust that person that they're that they're doing that and and that person needs to trust you so i think if you're if you're giving somebody feedback and they're not taking it well you need to just take them aside and be like look i'm trying i'm trying to get you better i'm trying to make us better like how do we how do you want me to word this or go about this where it's not going to bother you anymore like we need to you know get past this sort of thing and i think with a lot of people just having somebody say that will open their eyes and they don't you don't even need to come up with some method of giving them feedback as long as they know that you're just and and doing it one-on-one is really important because that way there's like there's nobody watching it's a huge it's a hugely different environment being in a group of people a bunch of people judging and and being one-on-one with when somebody's one-on-one they have nothing to lose so if they're saying that one-on-one, like you can trust them. So a lot of the time, just doing that, I think is, is enough. Yeah. I mean, anyway, ultimately, sorry, I just want to say one last thing. Ultimately, okay. you just want to get to the point where those kinds of conversations can just happen with your whole team. Like you'd, you'd like it to be the point where you can just be like, Hey man, you fucked up here. And then the person's like, Oh, you're right. I did fuck up here. As opposed to being like trying to defend themselves or justify themselves um, and if they do start being defensive, then somebody else in the team should feel comfortable being like, dude, you just need to listen right now because you're being defensive and rational. Um, and in a good team environment, those kinds of conversations will be possible. But if, if you're in the process of building that, then it's really important to just kind of like be as genuine as possible with all of your interaction. Yep. Be genuine, honest. It's really, really important. Um, okay. So let's see. Uh, lots of conversation going on here. Jayoni 
says, is it better to match early game aggression comps with your own heroes that power spike early, or is it better to match heroes that can control the tempo, split push, and slow down the game against the enemy's power spikes? I would say both works. Like, both both responses work. Dota's not really like rock, paper, scissors. You can out-team fight, team fight. It's like rock, paper, scissors, except somebody can have a bigger rock than the enemy. Like you can, you can just be better team fighters. You can out rock somebody, out scissors them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you can do that. You can match the aggression, um, or you can control the tempo and split push. I think both. I think both are are equally good. It just depends on what you're good at, what you're comfortable with. If you have like a really comfort pick that you know is like a really good team fighter, and and uh, the draft looks good for it, the enemy team wants to fight early. Then you just say, well, okay, well, we'll fight into them with my Tide Hunter. I know that I'm a really good Tide. Then, uh, yeah, you can pick that and you can win. But otherwise, it's like if you see that the enemy team is just picks a bunch of fighters, you have a Drow, and you see a Nature's Prophet pick available, and you can just be like, hey, guys, let's just split push. I'm a good Nature, so I'm going to get Meteor Hammer. I'm going to take down all their towers. Don't ever fight them until we have BKBs. Like, that's another valid way of, of winning of winning the game. I think both is good. Yeah, I mean, not to plug my own content, but I'm going to plug my own content. The last video that I made about Secret beating Liquid, Liquid technically had the more aggressive mid-game draft, but Secret just out-aggressioned them during that portion of the game. And so it's like, it's playstyle, it's heroes. And I think the most important thing is that you pick what you're doing and stick to it. Because if you decide that, hey, we're going to play for the later part of the game, but then you start getting drawn into these early aggressive fights because that happens a lot. It feels like you need to be there. Then you're going to get completely fucked. And so you need to just be like, all right, we're playing this one aggressively. I'm going to be aggressive. We're playing this one defensively. I'm going to play this one defensively. It's not going to be, we're going to play this one defensively. Oh, wait, I'm now I'm playing aggressively because I feel like I need to be. That's where things get messed up and you end up itemizing incorrectly for the game situation and stuff like that. Yeah, the... The f the first step in Dota is definitely make a choice rather yeah. than just playing off of uh, complete impulse and responding to what the enemy team is doing. Yep. Like, gen generally, if you're just making a choice every couple of minutes, even if the choice is incorrect, you're going to be above average MMR because I think most people in the 2 to 3k bracket don't make many choices. It's just kind of, oh, the enemy team is pushing this tower. I'm going to go fight them there. Oh, I see the enemy team in their own jungle. I'm going to go fight them there. <laughs> Right. Oh, I'm dying a lot. I'm going to TP to another lane because I don't like <laughs> yeah. shit like that. That's that's always how it is. It's it's always reactionary. So if you're just making choices based on uh, the draft and you can see that you can play aggressive in a certain scenario or defensive in a certain scenario and get more off the map, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be in a good spot. Yep. Charlie Kolkzik42 says, "Is it important to revise how much damage a spell does?" For judging if you can pick someone off, for example, I'm guessing you mean look at the, like hover over it and and hold Alt to to see how much damage the spell actually does compared to their HP. I mean, I do that sometimes just just to see. Uh, but with that being said, I do have to say that generally you should be playing the hero that you're playing enough and be comfortable on it enough that you can look at the health bars above their head and have an idea of when somebody's in kill range or not at the certain level. Yep. And if you're not that comfortable with the hero, then you probably need to spam it more because otherwise hero spammers and people that are that comfortable with the hero 
are going to absolutely obliterate you just due to lack of spamming a hero. And obviously you don't want to lose. So Yep. I also do recommend that you I mean this is something that I definitely need to get better at myself. So it's kind of a reminder to myself is just be more active with your information gathering. Click on everybody, click on everybody, click on yourself, click on your teammates. Get a stock of the resources that you have before you make any play, if at all possible, because guess what? The more informed you are, the better decisions you're going to make in general. So you'll be able to make that decision. Can I kill this person a lot more regularly? Yep. Keys says, tell me about Zeus offlane. Uh, I love what, it in theory. <laughs> what about it? What about Zeus offlane? Uh, you go a bunch of regen. It's a strong hero, utility hero. Does a lot of damage, scales really nicely, defends towers. Uh, the laning is weak, though, so you probably want to pair it with something that's really strong in the lane to make up for that or something that can wash the lane. And I could go on forever just stuff about Zeus offlane. Yeah, dog. right. <laughs> General question. I mean, I love the hero. I, I, It's one of my favorite heroes. Yeah. I really love it against illusion heroes. Any heroes that have the high, sort of high armor and stuff to clear. Super fun to play if you're playing against a team that's trying to push you. Um, if you, If you think the game's going to go late, excellent hero to have um but yeah, yeah. Uh, that that hero is all about pushing and pulling the lane right shove the wave pull the lane yeah, shove yeah. The wave, pull you, the lane kind of have kind of well uh it's like pugna uh, to secure last hits you're gonna push the lane pretty much it's every a, time. it's a, no it's it's actually changed from that in the past couple of years remember when they added zeus's they gave him like a lot of base damage that's true however si since then what people do is they just they just bully with the the W and go for two points in E. That people don't even go for Q. I saw I saw mind control max really? Q and E. Interesting. Yeah, I've, yeah. I and guess that's you just last hit with your right clicks. That's more so if you're in like a two v two lane, right? Because then you generally uh, yeah. If you if, if you were against a tri lane, you you'd push pull. You definitely go for the Q. Yeah, or like one v two, which happens a lot in pubs because you're you're. Or is running all yeah if you're, if you're if you're if you're 1v2 you go into straight salvage mode which yeah. which would be which would be push pull or use arc lightning to pull the second wave sort of thing and just yeah. hide hide until the second wave yeah i actually have a go. lot of fun That's playing Zeus Zeus as a support too you just max bolt and you, you you're skyrath mage i love zeus i i think zeus is i think zeus is underrated i love the fact that his ultimate now applies the uh the passive damage, I think that's really good. You can use it at the start of fights and do a shitload of damage. Uh, I like the fact that his Nimbus applies the passive damage. The only unfortunate thing is now when you're spamming Arc Lightning in fights, it's not just constantly draining everybody's HP. You actually have to hit them with it, which is much much smaller than what the AoE is. But in terms of like split pushing and using the ulti and using the Nimbus, it's better. And then also they buff the damage to his passive a little bit. So if you go for two points in the passive early, and you uh, bolt somebody in the lane. It takes like half their HP. It's really, it's really stupid. But the problem is, he's complete garbage for the first like three levels. After yeah. that, he's great, but he's total garbage for the first few levels. So you probably want to pick him. I I did this the other day with with my boy Blake Tron, who's a big SK spammer in US East. Uh, he he was SK and I was Zeus. And the enemy Rubik bought like three or four centuries trying to. <laughs> So uh, trying bad. to deward, yeah, tr tr trying to deward the Sand King, and it, it makes sense though because that's how you deal with the Sand King in lane. Right. Otherwise, otherwise he has a free lane. But when you have a Sand King plus a Zeus, 
I was constantly dewarding. And the thing is, does Sand King ever lose lanes that he dewards the enemy sentry? No. Sandstorm is broken. Like it's absolutely broken. So basically, I was a I was able to get this Zeus hero. And uh, Secret actually ended up running that, didn't they? Didn't they do SK Zeus? Uh, yeah, they did. And that is that God, is so cool that they did so that. It was so good too, because they got the they got bots on Zai, and then they got Nimbus Rush. Nimbus, yeah, dude, I love that. I I was I did that with Blaketron as like a joke, and then I was I was just saying how you know he was joking. He's like, oh man, we own them. I was like, yeah, this lane is so good. Like joking because it was kind of a stupid lane, and I just picked whatever I wanted. And then I said on stream. It's actually not that bad, though. And then he puts his mic, and he's like, it's actually not that bad, though. <laughs> and we both had the exact same thought, because it's actually not that... It's actually pretty good. You have this hero that is really good in the late game, that pairs really good with the Sand King in the mid to late game, but can't lane. Yep. And guess what? Sand King, if he gets the enemy sentry dewarded, nobody beats him in lane, because yep. Sandstorm is broken. So it's actually like the perfect combo for exactly... They make up for each other's... Uh, issues you know what i mean like they fill in each other's gaps they're like you and me donnie you know we just we fill the holes that each other have see this is sounding sexual and that's not where i meant for this to go this is not a sexual thing between zeus and, and sand king between donnie and i it is but between zeus and sand king it's not um but it's good it's really good and then in the late game like the amount of damage between epicenter and all the zeus spells oof, yeah and disgusting. then one of you buys a veil and then people just completely melt yeah, I've I've been seeing people rush Veil first on Sand King. I saw Zai do that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the video that I made. The most recent video that I made was SK Zeus, and they killed Miracle's Jug basically between the two of them. Yeah, with three thousand HP in the late game in like literally one second. <laughs> yeah, I um, I've been I've been really uh, I've been I've been like parsing through the secret replays and just kind of trying trying to understand them i'm like i'm on like game three of the finals right now um i'm not i'm not just like watching them i'm trying to i'm trying to learn from it get, yeah i get all the decisions that zai was making I, I was actually streaming the other day and this is a bit of a tangent but i was streaming the other day and i was watching zai play sand king and as i believe you probably already know donnie I, i've been practicing sand king i practiced a lot of my smurf i'm sure you saw me playing it a little bit and so i learned a lot about that hero and in that game I was I I was streaming and I watched Zai. He tried to pull creeps to a neutral camp, and then mind control came over and contested him with a dom creep. And because of that, he pressed uh, sandstorm, and then the creep wave it ran away. So Zai walks to the creep wave to get it, and then walks out of sandstorm. And the moment he does that, I'm just like, he fucked up, <laughs> he fucked up, and then he dies to mind control. And it's like, and then he does it. He and then because of the lead, mind control puts more pressure on him, forces him to walk out of sandstorm. And then again, I was like, he fucked up, man. He's gonna die. And then he died. Yeah. And it's 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 really cool to be able to watch even somebody like Zai fuck up in those same ways. Sand King is such a specific hero. Like if you walk if you walk out of sandstorm in a situation where you shouldn't, you just die. Even even if you're Zai. And then they actually ended up almost coming back in that game. But unfortunately, when you have like a, a, a dark seer who's level 11 to a sand king is level seven it's it's pretty oh, it's yeah. pretty unwinnable this is when zai died like nine or ten times in that game it was game one yeah right? yeah game one right yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, but i was watching i was watching and i i could understand why he made each of the decisions and it, it's it's really cool to go through a game and parse it like that like for instance when he when he died to mind control the first time 
his decision to leave the sandstorm to get the wave. It was actually a double wave. It was kind of correct because either he loses the double wave or he dies to mind control. So it's like, what do you what do you do in that situation? Where he fucked up was not the death. He was where he fucked up was not bringing the creeps closer so that they would aggro to the neutral camp. And I think everybody would watch that game and just see Zai die and think like, oh, he fucked up because he died because mind control killed him. But where he fucked up was actually much before, and it just snowballed from that point. And then the next death also snowballed because Mind Control had the lead. And then right. the game is just like a 9K goal lead at 20 minutes. And it feels really cool to be, to watch. It takes a long time, though, to parse a game up like that. To, yeah. to like understand from a... Because I would see somebody do something cool in a fight, and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to watch that person do that and see how they how they figure... Like Mind Control, dude. Every, or sorry, um, Miracle. Every single time in every fight... I would watch him spin right before Epi and Burrow Strike comes in. And it was like the guy had this insane reaction speed, or it looked like it. His but game then I would, sense is ridiculous. It's I would, yeah, I, I, would, I would look at his camera and see him tracking the SK across the map until he leaves vision. Yep. And then he would calculate based on that timing when the Burrow is going to come, and he'd get it every time. But <laughs> I would watch his camera tracking him across the map as he was showing up to the fight right. with vision. And it's like I would not get that. It just looks to me – like instant reaction speed if you aren't parsing up the replay and actually looking okay let's see what he how did he figure that out he's not just a god he he had he figured that out in some intelligent way intelligent but human right so it's yeah it was cool cool to see that very yeah. cool anyway i love that stuff going watching a fight with free camera going back in watching the fight from different player perspectives and you're like oh i understand how this happened you know yeah, exactly. they were looking at this part of the map or this hero instead of what i thought they were looking at Yep. Yep. It's uh it's definitely really cool. It, it takes a long time though. That's that's a problem. Yep. Anna Terrace says, Q, what's your general strategy for who to target down first in a team fight? And then our boy Turtle linked him um the target selection video. <laughs> linked him the target selection video, yeah. Uh, to give you a little bit of a summary, basically, like there are different archetypes of heroes that you need to focus. There are the wombo combo team fighters that will wipe you if you don't focus them they should be high on your priority priority list there are supports that will just save somebody if you go on if, if, if you don't go on them so you have to focus them there are sometimes situations where there's one core doing everything on the enemy team and you either need to disable them or you need to focus them with your damage to make sure that they uh, all, all of their damage is negated like i've seen some games where you know you obviously usually don't want to focus medusa because she's so tanky and you'll you'll never kill her but I've seen games where nobody else does anything. So uh, the competitive games and then the, the team like Fnatic or something would literally focus the Medusa because they realized that nobody else would be able to do anything about it. And therefore they just needed to focus Medusa. So the prop, the problem though, is, is that it's just very complicated. And I would say, yeah, look, taking a look at that video and looking at like the different archetypes, I didn't get everything in there, but um generally you can get a feel in a, in a game for who you need to start focusing and then you'll just build on that and in the next game if you see a, a similar archetype of hero like you know venge uh, oracle dazzle uh, shadow demon these heroes are all in the same archetype of saving uh, saving heroes so you'll, you'll start to, you'll start to learn just if you think about it and you're, you're thinking of, okay what type of hero is this somebody needs to go on them does it have to be me who can do this who's who's going to do this in my pub just build just build on it essentially pub by pub yeah, just try to have a running calculation of one to five ranking of who you should be fights. It's going to change like periodically depending on what 
people are doing, how they're positioning, who's at the fight, what items they have, that kind of stuff. Like sometimes, um, generally speaking, it's it's always best to go on the person that can save whoever else you would go on, right? That's that's target number one pretty much all the time. However, sometimes they have a defensive item that and which makes it impossible to kill them, and so you almost want to like go on them but not hard commit you want to make them commit their defensive item to themselves and then you actually target somebody else um, it's almost like a feint like, uh, you're baiting them to protect themselves and then you kill the hero a you feign, actually want to kill Donnie, a feint you always say feint it okay? is it is feint no f e i n t feint look that shit up A deceptive or pretended blow, thrust, or movement, especially in boxing or fencing. Damn, you learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> to feign an attack is basically to feint an attack, so yes. Okay, so they're interchangeable. Uh, excuse me, Donnie, fainting is a sudden, brief loss of consciousness. Excuse me? So unless you're losing consciousnesses in team fights, I'm losing consciousness listening to you talk right now. Okay. I got, I get it, man. <laughs> You're just like my parents. Yes, yes, son. Disappointed in you? <laughs> <laughs> my, your, my parents are so disappointed in me that they're disappointed in you as well. I don't know how that works. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Hi, Cusco. There he is. Good boy. <laughs> That's a good boy. That's a good boy. Okay, Souls says, I've been learning Batrider recently. Cool. Watching some high MMR games, looking at builds on Dota buff, and trying to figure out why they build what they did. Tranks make sense. Drums, blink, four staffs, tanky aura items all make sense. What I didn't understand is why so many bats skip tranks and go drums bots. Can you all enlighten me? Is it because he farms all over the map with it? Yes. Uh, basically, the great thing about drums bots is because, okay, so you go drums first because you don't want to just rush bots because then you'll have no stats at all. Uh, drums lets you fight before you get bots. Oh my god, your dog is is, <laughs> is aping it. Continue. It's going full eight mode. Continue. So you go drums because you, you don't want to just rush bots and then you go bots because uh, that way you can push out a lane, you can be extremely aggressive, you can gank all around the map, uh, and then also show up to fights. It's, it's, it's basically because the... Uh, Firefly duration was decreased, but as a result, the cooldown was also decreased, which means you can use it to push out a wave and then also use it in a fight. And that's when people started going for the bots. Uh, is because you could essentially use the Firefly to farm like three camps, push out two waves, show up to a fight, use it to kill somebody. It's pretty broken, actually, especially in pubs. Yep. I don't play Batrider, so I'm just going to let you take that one in its entirety. I will say though, of course Souls is learning Batrider. He's he's one of those people that just wants to learn like the weird fucked up heroes that change how Dota's played and make it really awkward for the other team to play around. Hey man, I do that as well. Can't can't blame him. Bradley Dragoon says, Should I play Centaur more like a tank or like a Sven? Because after his rework, I just can't win with him anymore. Every time I play Sent, I'm versus Sniper or some other ranged hero that keeps attacking me uh yeah um i'm terrible at centaur that's the problem with this question but i know a lot of people play it as like a pseudo kind of dps hero where 
yeah, they will get blink, but they'll get crimson, they'll get blads, they'll get phase boots, and they'll beat the shit out of people. Usually, it supports that the centaur will kill. Um, See, I think that's that's kind of his purpose at this point is because retaliate is so incredible in terms of being a damage amp. It's basically like a a double damage that you can pop whenever you want, right? It's more than a double damage, in fact, and. Uh, I think it's really, really good at focusing supports. Like you can blink in on the person that's trying to save other people, right? And then you pretty much guarantee a kill on them because you have a two-second stun, which is land 100% of the time with Stampede. You have this massive amount of right-click damage. Um, so I think he, he's like he's like a mini Sven because he doesn't have cleave and he doesn't have you know this like ridiculous um, team fight winning combo of being able to blink in and just like cleave an entire enemy team but he can do like the sven style initiation onto one squishy hero so it's like yeah he's he's, he's mini sven i would call him yeah i think so i don't i still haven't figured that hero out in this patch to be honest i've been avoiding playing it i don't think it's i don't think it's that broken i think it's like average i don't think it's sanking level uh in regards to my question i've seen loads of pro players knowing exactly their damage output uh yeah i i would say with the damage output it's 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 definitely just comfort and knowing with the health bars you just need to play a hero a lot that's it for questions from our patreon boys uh so we could take a few from chat yeah, let's do like a five minute speed round from chat okay get the get the old questions in ladies and boys We'll we'll give her a we'll give her a speed round. Just get her going. All right. When playing Luna, when do you know when Manta, Butterfly, and Scotty is needed in the game? Um, I would say basically every game. Every game. All three of those items, every single game. Yeah, I agree. I've been playing a lot of MP recently. Any suggestions on how to handle split pushing against teams that handle my treants really well? Any way I can avoid feeding them? Uh, yeah, put them down late. Like put them down lanes enough to push it into the direction of the enemy team and then just farm jungle with them. And also you can like show up in one lane, get people to TP and then TP to another lane and put the treants there. Just also, like if there's just... I also don't think it's that important whether you're feeding treants or not. It's kind of there to feed. Uh, yeah, but I definitely wouldn't. If, if somebody's already showing up to cut the cre to kill the creep wave. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's no point in, in giving them extra gold. For sure. Yeah, because they're going to push the creep wave out anyway. It's not like you're you're causing them any distress by putting the treants on the wave. Right. How do I get to divine? Or more? I only play carry. Uh, what's your MMR? Uh, play more Dota and <laughs> watch more replays. Basically, is what I would say. New secret Pudge build broken. Love it. I have three hundred MMR since watching Zai play Pudge. How to deal with offlane Darkseer as Abaddon 5 in laning phase. Uh, fuck with them for about a minute and a half and then leave. Yeah. I mean, you can also heal your carry a bunch if they need it. How many points in flush heap in laning? Two. Strap behind combing your hair, Jenkins. Uh, shampoo every other day and conditioner every day. What are your thoughts on the Canadian government arresting the CFO for Hawaii? Uh, would you let her go for favors from the Chinese government? Or send her to the states where she's wanted. What? Uh, honestly, that shit's pretty fucked up. I feel like you just let her, you just like let her go and do, you know, do what do what she wants because it's a person, you know. That's like a human human rights issue. Everybody looks at that from like a political standpoint, and it's like that's still a person, man. Yeah. 
I don't care if she's a CFO for a Chinese corporation. She's still a person. Let her fucking go. She didn't do anything wrong. Although we do have we do have uh, agreements with the U.S., which is I mean, I guess that, I guess that's the whole problem. We have agreements with the U.S. saying that we we would we would give a, a prisoner up like that. So and I guess because we agreed upon it, it's just uh, the moral thing to do because oh you don't. Wanna... All right, next question: uh, Is Mars good currently? Can I get out of ancient with Mars? Are you good with Mars? How do you stop playing uh, this game with and have a life? You never. You don't. Uh, uninstall it from your computer. Go outside. Find something else to do with your time. Should I ding dong ditch EG? Yes. Medusa Definitely. versus Kunkka. Who's stronger? Medusa. What's a good mindset for solo queue Dota? Be happy. How do you justify <laughs> spending so much time on this game uh, that you're not going to kill yourself? Um, probably. How do I, I not feed us? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. How do I not feed us Pango in the laning phase? I always die from cut the lane. All right. Uh, I spam Necro offlane at the moment. You guys have any suggestions about a skill build? I feel like I never am sure what to max. Death Pulse or Hard Stopper? I always put value point four for Ghost Shroud. Two one two, then max Hard Stopper first, but put points evenly in your Q and your E. Like three hearts, three Hard Stopper, three in your Q. But if you have an extra point, put in Hard Stopper first. Otherwise, you won't have the mana to spam your your Death Pulse. Does Lich deserve a GPM talent? No, Lich can go fuck himself. Why is Oracle suddenly popular? Because he has one of the only purges in the game, which is broken. He's also an incredibly good save hero, and he has a GPM talent. What's your solo MMR, Jenkins? I'm ancient that I want to go divine. I'm 6.6k now, but it'll be higher in a week from now because I'm playing a lot of Pudge, and that hero's broken. There's literally no counter. How to play first two minutes or so with Earth Spirit in a dual offlane? Uh, find somebody, decide if you can kill one of the heroes. If not, then pull the lane and go do something else. You guys are the reason why I play this game. I love you guys and the videos you make. I love you too. Thanks, man. I think we'll end it on that one. <laughs> well, right, anything else to say, Jenkins? Yeah, I'm going to be streaming on twitch.tv slash 420jenkins. If you want to support your boys and get some replays in for review this Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, then go to patreon.com slash Dota Alchemy to uh, support your boys. Yep. Good luck in your games, everybody. Thanks for the questions, and we'll see you next time.